0: We're going to turn to John 15 and we'll bring the lights up for you um, so you can see. We're getting close to the Daylight savings deal, so it's a little darker in here than usual, but um, thanks for being here. Thanks for braving the weather. Uh, not that it's bad weather, but it sure is steady. Steady rain, and um, we are certainly uh, have the our neighboring country of Mexico in mind as they've dealt with the hurricane. We're familiar with that, and I guess this is some of the remnants of that, that we are just getting the rain from it. But I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we're starting tonight a, a new series, a new teaching series that um, has really been in the works for a while. Um, just a little backstory before I get into it. Um, so last year, or well, every year we do a a prayer emphasis at the beginning of the year where we take a month and we are uh, we're praying together uh, over some specific things, and it's kind of different each year. Sometimes we we pray through. Our membership covenant, kind of line by line. Uh, other years we'll read something together and pray based off of that. This last year we felt that it was uh, time for us to, to ask God uh, to give us a, a, a place of our own to meet in in a permanent sense. Uh, we are... Uh, renting this facility from Grace Baptist, and in a lot of ways it's a partnership and it works really well, and this has nothing to do with being unhappy here at Grace. Uh, The elders, uh, just so you know, our pastors really felt that God was um, drawing us out to be more confident and to just ask Him um, if we really believe that He he is that good Father who won't give us a, a snake, If we ask him for fish, or he won't give us a stone if we ask him for bread, we felt like he was drawing us out and saying, just ask me. You know that I love you, you know that I have a plan for you, um, and that asking is good. And so corporately, we took a month and we asked God for a building, we asked God for direction, we asked him to give us good perspective on uh, the role that a building plays in the life of a congregation. We... um, we ask Him for timing. We ask Him to, uh, to help us be okay with a no. I mean, we really ask for some specific things. And the idea was we would all separate and pray for a month. Um, and uh, uh, not separate in a weird way. But, you know, we would kinda, we'd kind of say, hey, we're going to pray for the next month. And here's how we're going to do it. And another month, uh, we'll kind of gather some input and just kind of see what God does. And so in gathering the, uh, the kind of the post 30 days of prayer prayer, um, Information. Uh, it became pretty clear that, that we were asking God for a building, and He said, uh, Well, He said no, but He really said probably it's more of like a not yet, not now kind of thing. Um, and so we wanted to put roots down here at Grace. Uh, he's led us into uh, a couple of other things, including uh, changing the name of the church, uh, pushing missionally into some community group things, uh, kind of changing a perspective from uh, where. We're a church that kind of, we live all over the place, you know, and that makes some things hard. Uh, Going kind of from that perspective into the other perspective of saying, how awesome is it that we can be one unified group that can impact five or six different communities around the area, you know. And and so just a lot of of change, a lot of um, just really good kind of like, let's go to the next level, kind of let's mature. We're 10 years into this, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Um, But one, one of the things that was real consistent as we're getting feedback from the 30 days of prayer, is that there were, uh, there were some days when we just asked you just to listen to see what God would say. Just real broad, real like, you know, let's just ask Him to speak, ask Him for direction. Uh, God, what do you want us to do? And then let's just take time and let's just listen. And that freaked us out corporately. Uh, it, and and something that we, was real steady in the feedback, and and even in the last you know several months, just talking it over with different people, um, there's a there's a real uh, thread of insecurity that runs through us all. When it comes to saying, "Yeah, God told me to do this. God's telling us this. God said this. He's leading me to do this." You know, um, sometimes people say that and. Uh, it's kind of hard to know what to do with that on the receiving end, you know. Have you ever been in a, in a you ever dated someone who is a, who is a Christian and they broke up with you because God told them to, you know? No, just me. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. Uh, that's such a weird thing, you know, because in a situation like that, it's 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 kind of a card you can throw, and it's kind of hard to argue against it, you know. Um, I'll be okay though. Um, the but then there are other times when, you know, people will make decisions or they'll do things and it's like, yeah, no, I mean, I really feel like God told me to do this. God told me to, God told me to send you this verse. God told me to encourage you. God told me to not, you know, to not be a part of this. God told me this. God told me this. God told me this. Um, and I think it's hard to know what to do with that sometimes because, uh, there aren't very many of us where God has shown up in like a human form, you know, in your living room one day and said, "Hey, I really I just want to like let you know this," you know. He doesn't do that, you know. Moses had this uh, this like shrub catch on fire and talk to him, you know. Like we very few of us have ever had that happen. Anyone? I don't see any. Uh, okay, all right, good. Um, that doesn't really happen, you know, that way. Uh, there are times when you would think people have this like audible dialogue with the Lord. Because they're so confident that God said this. And yet, for many of us, when it comes down to really being able to confidently say, I know this is God's will because He told me. um, It's kind of an an area of insecurity for us. Um, And so, for the last several months, I've just kind of been talking here and there, listening to different things, looking in my own life at at how how do I know... I'm supposed to do this, you know, and in the Bible, how do people know what they're supposed to do outside of when, you know, there's a shrub talking to you, you know, outside of those kinds of things. How do people know? How does the spirit lead people practically? Um, how can we get to the point where we can corporately spend time praying, asking God for stuff, come back together and we can confidently say, no, no, no like God really, he really like led me to this. Uh, I recently, I moved a couple weeks ago, I've lived in a house um, for 10 years, Uh, right before Katrina hit, I bought this other house and I moved after 10 years, and it's been interesting because people will ask me, they'll be like, so what, what prompted you to move, you know, and my answer, my answer to like you as a Christian is like, I really felt like God wanted me to move, you know, but I find myself even in like, in trying to answer that question, trying to kind of dance around that, you know, it sounds so strange you know like you don't want to sound like a kook or something you're like no god told me to move so i moved um but that's kind of what happened you know and so i even just trying to get more confident in how we communicate that to each other and not feeling strange but feeling this great sense of oneness and victory when you've sought the lord you've asked him for something he has answered you and you can confidently say this is what god wants and i know it to be true uh, without a, a shadow of a doubt And whether you say, he he told me, he spoke to me, he led me, I sensed it, however you want to phrase it, the bottom line is, does God personally give leadership to our lives or not? I believe that he does. I believe that the Bible says that he does. And I believe that you believe that he does. But sometimes we're insecure about it. And so I'm going to take a couple of weeks and just try and like dig into it a little bit. And I would love, I would love your input you have no idea how much that helps me. Um, there are times when I'll set out into a series like this and I'll kind of say it on the front end. And when people come up and, they're, and they'll basically say something like this. Hey, I really hope in the series you address this question, this issue, this aspect. Uh, that helps helps me so much. If you think I have the next six weeks scripted, then you don't know me very well. So please, any questions that you have, anything you've always wanted to know, it, it may make it in there, it may not. But it helps me so much um, God uses those voices to 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 shape and guide those kinds of things. So anything that you're hoping I address, let me know. And if I don't address it, then promise not to get your feelings hurt, because maybe He told told me not to. You know? um, just kidding. John fifteen John fifteen uh, is a passage that uh, has become very important to our congregation in the last several years. And I'd like to take a few minutes, walk through these verses as, as a means of establishing a baseline for, um, basically, uh, for the argument that we can hear from God. That you, can hear, that you can hear, and maybe that's the wrong, maybe that's where we get tripped up, like hear is so audible. That we can hear from him, that we can sense his leadership, that, that he can give clear direction to our lives. That he can guide us and sustain us and direct us and caution us. And like he can do that. And uh, maybe, maybe from an insecurity standpoint, point. it's also important to note that you can hear him. You can be led. You can discern that. You can be really sharp in being able to uh, sense what he's trying to communicate to you. There's not a block that's there. And so this is going to kind of establish a base and then we'll kind of build on it for, for a couple weeks going forward. Um, and so i like to, uh, this was something I did with our team in South Africa uh, from this passage and these ideas and something that um, even when I was putting it together for them, I knew that this would be for us as well. Um, and I just want to pose it in the, in, in, to answer four questions. And the answers are in these verses. Four questions that will help establish a baseline for this conversation about hearing God's voice. Uh, trying to convince us and convince ourselves that we really can we can do that. For some of you, it's a block. You think that you just can't. That that's for other people. Uh, I want you to know that you're incorrect. And Jesus is going to show us why. All right. Verse 1. We're just going to do the first five verses. Let me read them. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. i don't know how much you've been around vines and branches, and sometimes i I, I think in terms of like a, the trunk of a tree and the branches of a tree, but I was thinking earlier today about growing up uh, one of my well, both of my grandfathers were farmers, one of them he grew muscanines. and he had these big just just, I mean, branches, like these vines that would just extend over these old, uh, old like clotheslines and they would just take over every single year. And uh, he took great pride in those. And we would have the times where we'd go out and we would pick these things. And like, you just couldn't pick them all. It was impossible to pick all the fruit that was coming off of these vines. Um, but the, the key is, you know, the, what would come up at the base of the clothesline, there would be like, a, like the root of the plant that would come up. And then, as it crawled up the, the, the main, like the T pole of the uh, clothesline, then the branches began to just fan out from there. And the branches will work their way down the lines and uh, just produce all this fruit. And so, Jesus was the master of using just illustrations based on what was around. And so, this culture was very familiar with, with grapes and growing vines and those kinds of things. And so, this agricultural metaphor conveys some pretty deep things. Um, so, let me give you four questions that are going to be helpful in our understanding of our ability to hear God and His leadership. The four questions are this. Who is He? Where is He? Who am I? Where am I? Who is He? Where is He? Who am I? Where am I? If we can get the right answers to those things, we're going to have this really good foundation going forward. first, first one, who is He? Uh, well, verse 1 kind of sets, answers that for us. Jesus says, I'm the true vine... And my father is the vine dresser. So here we're dealing with two two important realities: Jesus and the Father. Uh, Jesus being the vine, the true vine. Uh, the vine dresser being his father. So the vine dresser—that's the farmer, right? That's the guy who is—he's he's planted everything. He's uh, watered it. He's put it in the right part of the yard so that the sun hits it the right number of you know hours per day. He's the one making sure it has what it needs. He's the one that is. Uh, very patient and watching it grow. He's the one that um, uh, keeps the pests away, and he's the one who tends to it completely. And the vine, that's, the, that's what's coming up out of the ground. Uh, that's the source of water and nutrients, and it's the source of everything to the branches who are the ones that, uh, through their production, they end up bearing the fruit or the muscadons, as I like to think of it. Um, so what we're, t- what we're saying is, like, the first question is, who is he? We're talking about Jesus, and we're talking about the Father. That this whole thing is about, okay, who, who are we dealing with? And when I say who, I'm talking about uh, their, like, their character. That in our ability to hear from God, it's important to know the character of the one we're connected to as a vine, and the one who is tending to us as a vine dresser. The character of our Father, the character of Jesus. So last week we went through Psalm 145 talking about fatherhood. and So the character of of the vine dresser, let me just kind of run through a couple of things just to kind of refresh us. Um, We talked in our groups this week about how our Father is gracious and merciful or compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. The fruit of the Spirit uh, tells us that our vine dresser is love, he is joy, he is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He is all those things. He is like that complete picture that we see of him. It includes all of his attributes that he knows everything and he is everywhere and he is outside of time and he is always good. And every single attribute that we can think of, every single quality of the of our vine dresser, our father, every one of them is holy. It is not impacted by sin. It is 100% pure. There is no strange motive. There is nothing sinful about him at all. Everything about him is completely good all of the time. He is infinitely perfect. So who is tending to us? Who is the farmer who's coming to you and who's looking at your life and is, is helping cut away the bad things and And making sure you have what you need so that the good things can produce fruit. Who is this one who is tending to you? He's the infinitely holy, loving, good one. That's who he is. And who is this vine that we're connected to, right? Oh, it's just Jesus. No big deal, right? Philippians 2, he's humble, he's a servant, he's self-sacrificing, he's obedient, he's the heir to everything, he's... Our brother, our friend, our shepherd, our husband, our head of the church. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's going to share the spoils of his victory with all of us forever. That's our vine. Also holy. Also loving. Also full of wisdom and goodness. And he's all those things as well that the Father is. They share their qualities. So we cannot take a casual approach to prayer to asking God for things. We can't take a casual approach to listening. We can't take a casual approach to any of this stuff because we're dealing with God Himself. So who is He? Who is your vine? Who's supplying you with life and goodness and everything that you need? Who is tending to your life and guiding you and caring for you? We have to keep in mind who He is. His character, His goodness, His love. We spend a lot of time talking about that here on Sundays and in our community groups because we tend to lose sight of that. We tend, to, uh, we tend to look around the world and see so much bad stuff, and it makes us wonder who he is, and yet the Bible is this compass for us. It is an anchor. It is a rule. It is a standard. It helps us not forget, not forget. It helps us to live by faith and not by sight and by, or by emotion. That's who he is. That's who is tending to us. This is the description of the one who desires to speak to us and to guide us. Have you ever met a farmer who wanted his crops to fail? No. Your vine dresser does not want you to make a mistake in your life that ruins everything about you. He doesn't have a plan that sends you into destruction to ruin you. He has a plan to prosper you, to grow you, to bless you, to keep you. That's who is tending to you and that's who is supplying your need. And so don't you think that just this one thing alone sets us up to be able to hear from Him? Who are we to think we can't when we are surrounded by the One who makes it possible? Andrew Murray says that the vine will be to you everything that a branch needs it to be. Between the vine and the vine dresser and the Holy Spirit that keeps us all tied together, we are set up to be able to hear from God. And so, just that one point alone at least makes it possible, right? It just makes it possible. So who's the, who is he? That's who he is. The second question, where is he? Where is he? Well, since we're talking about Jesus and the Father, let's talk about Jesus first. Look at, look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And so, where is the vine as compared to the branch? Well, he's attached to you, like he's he's at the base of your life. So where the where the vine is there, and the branch, you know, buds and then like sprouts off of there, where that connection is, that's where he is. He's literally attached to you at the base of who you are. So where is he? He's, he's like in in you, literally. Verse 4 says almost the same thing. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless it abides in me. This, this word abide is used a lot. We throw it around here a good bit. But to abide is to fully dwell. I mean, you're, you're, it's setting up residence inside of something. So when I moved two weeks ago, I left where I was living, and now I'm living in a different place, and I have unpacked, well, not all my stuff, but all my stuff is on site, and it's there, and I'm slowly setting up camp there. I'm learning to abide in this new place. When you become a Christian, Jesus comes and he abides in you. He, like, clears out all the old stuff and, like, sets up shop inside of your life, literally. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, it's definitely supernatural, but that's what happens That he is inside of you. That he is at the base of who you are. So who is he? We talked about it. Where is he? He's inside of you. In terms of the father, look at verse 2. Where's the father? Well, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So where is God? He's right there. He's right there tending to you. And he's always there. He's, every, he's everywhere. And he's everywhere in fullness all the time. So he's always right there tending to you. My grandfather who had his muscadine vines out there, he wasn't always with them. He went out a couple times a day probably knowing him and checked on them. Probably talked to them a little bit, corrected them. But he wasn't omnipresent with them. And he was only in one part of them at a time. Tending to one part couldn't tend to all of them. But our our vine dresser is everywhere tending to all of us in fullness at all times. And so where is he? He's right there. Taking care of you. So the bottom line in this question is where where is he? Where is the vine? Where is the vine dresser? Like Just right, I mean right there imminent. Who is he? We talked about it. And that good and holy one is right there with you all the time. No matter how you feel, no matter what the circumstances may look like, no matter no matter what, he's always there. He's not coming and going. He's not flaking out on you. He's 100% there in fullness. And this, again, sets us up to be able to hear his voice. So you're when you're praying, to think about who, who am I praying to and, and where is he, completely changes your mindset. That there are times when when you're praying and you're wondering, like, is he even hearing me? Well, of course he is. You know why? Because he's inside of you, he's attached to you, and he's all around you. And he may, you may feel like he's ignoring you, but he's not. As a church, it, you know, we're praying for a building and, and it was it was difficult to get like a no kind of deal, you know, like a not right now kind of thing. Because I was just really like, man, this is going to make the best story ever. Church came together, we prayed, God asked for a building, he gave us like three, you know. But it's not that he wasn't hearing us. In fact, he was hearing us. And he was blessed and honored and loved, I think, our obedience and our trust and our our confidence in him to be able to ask and we could ask because he's right there and we could all ask corporately because he's right there for all of us everywhere that we are when we're praying and so your ability to hear from God is completely enhanced and set up for success so to speak because of who he is and because of where he is so that's points one and two so the Let's move on to maybe, maybe like a, something that's equally troubling. Maybe you get the, all that stuff. You're like, hey, that's not my problem. My problem is not God. My problem is me. It's me trying to figure out, is that, am I hearing, am I sensing something, or is that just me kind of trying to manipulate things? Is it, is it his voice or my voice? It's one thing when it's a small decision, but this is a major decision. You know, those kind of things. Well, that's why knowing who you are and where you are is also incredibly important. Verses 2 through 5 help us answer who am I, but really, let's look at 5 again. Uh, they all kind of touch on it, but verse 5 again. I am the vine, you are the branches. So who am I? I'm a branch. Who are you? You're a branch. And that might not really bless your day very much. That doesn't, may not help you hear the Lord. Well, it's a good thing that John 15, 1 through 5 is not the only Holy Scripture that we have. Because you're a branch, but you're not only a branch. I'm a branch, but I'm not only a branch. When you push together all the other stuff that the Bible says, this is just a cross-section, okay? There could be a lot more. Um, you're a branch, but you're also a child and brother through adoption. You're also a co-heir with Jesus. You're also an important part of the body of Christ. You're also an image bearer. You're a redeemed saint. You're an eternally treasured new creation. You're part of a chosen race and a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a people for his own possession. You are blessed. You are kept. You are shined upon by the gracious face and countenance of God. And you're the receiver of true peace and the living hope that Jesus provides. You're a branch you're not just a branch. We're so much more than that. He's the true vine, our Father's the vine dresser, but we are branches. We are branches. And look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, "Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you." That you are not some uh, wretched, dirty, good for nothing sinner of a branch. That because of the word He has spoken to you, you're you're like if you're a Christian, you're receiving His word of forgiveness and redemption, reconciliation and restoration. That He is your Savior forever, and He has made you clean. that you are a an you're an already clean and holy and blameless and above reproach branch. And just because we may not always act like it doesn't mean that that's really, you know, changes our identity. Our our identity is not found in our behavior. Our identity is found in what God says about us. So you are clean. If you aren't acting clean, well that's a different issue. It's not an identity issue. It's a it's an outworking of that issue. You're acting in a way that's inconsistent with who you are. But here is one of the many scriptures that talks about the goodness of God and how he has made us new and made us clean. Sometimes we chalk up our inability to hear God's voice as being caught up in the muck and the goofiness of life. And how we're, sometimes we just get immersed in things and we just blame it and we end up... We end up just kind of saying like, well, I mean, why should I be able to hear from God? Because I'm just pathetic. I mean, no, 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 you're not. You're already clean because of the word he's spoken to you. You can hear from him. Yes, sin patterns and struggles, those things, they do impact our ability to discern what he's saying. I'm not saying that that stuff is irrelevant. But from an identity standpoint, we need to understand he has set us up to be able to be led personally and specifically by him because we're branches we're not just branches but we're branches we're his branches it's also important to note in this idea of who am I it's important to keep in mind who I'm not I'm not the vine I'm not the vine dresser I'm not the fruit I'm the branch the vine dresser does not expect me to be the vine or to produce my own fruit the vine dresser expects me to be a branch who draws from the life of the vine and naturally produces fruit and fulfills this beautiful picture of what life in him and in his kingdom is supposed to look like but I have to keep in mind I'm not the boss I'm not making this happen I'm not driving my own life my life is not my own my life is his I've surrendered to him and so I need to embrace my place in this metaphor you know I have to just understand my role and I have to play it willingly and how amazing is it That I don't have to be the vine anymore. That before you come to know Christ, you you feel like you're the vine. You feel like you're having to produce everything in your own life. And now it's like, no, you just get to receive His goodness and be obedient and the fruit is there and it's, it's awesome. And you don't have to stress and freak out about how to lead your life or lead your family or your kids or your spouse or any of that kind of other stuff because you have this vine dresser who's there to help you and to show you what to do. You play a role. It's just not the role of vine or vine dresser. It's the role of a branch. So who am I? I am one who's near and dear to God. And I can hear Him speak because He's made me clean. And He would not... He would not. Uh, lay down his life to make me clean and to bring me into his family and all those kinds of things and just abandon me to my own choices and my own whatevers without any sort of direction or help. Who is he? Where is he? Who am I? The fourth thing, where am I? Verse 4, Abide in me and I in you okay, so jesus is in me, and I am in also in him that there really is this connection between us that is kind of indiscernible as far as like boundaries go you know he lives in me and I live inside of him and if you were to if you were to 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 try and find the exact like Border between the vine and the branch, you aren't going to find it because there's just all these fibers all connected together, and it's natural and it's perfect and it's beautiful and it's one. And so, where am I? I'm in Christ, and He is in me. I'm I'm attached to Him just like He's attached to me. That's where that's where I am through my abiding life. To like he's set up, He has set up camp inside of me, just like I have in my new house. And now uh, you're also setting up camp inside of him. It's this unity that's there. Where am I? Verse two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Where am I? I'm also I'm in full view of the vine dresser at all at all times. And as a branch that has come off the vine, and there's, you know, there's all these offshoots and things, that the unhealthy parts of my life, the vine dresser, because I'm in full view of him, he's pruning those things away. He's saying, hey, we're going to get this out of your life. because You know why? Because this is unhealthy. It's not how I made you. It's not good for you. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this off completely. I'm going to trim this back because it needs to bear more fruit. If I, if I do this, it may seem painful right now, but... If you could just see three years down the road like I can, you'll see that this area of your whole life is just going to flourish. And so while it may be painful now, there's beauty that's going to come out of that. And uh, you just need to trust me because I'm the vine dresser and he's the branch and you're not. But I'm in full view of him. That's where I am. And so I'm attached to the vine and I'm in full view of the vine dresser. So in other words... I'm pretty well within earshot. (laughs) I can hear him speak because he's literally inside of me and I'm inside of him and the vine dresser is tending to me. And so I can ask him for direction or guidance or help or wisdom or any of the kind of things that we need and I can hear him because he's not far away. He's not ignoring me. He's not tending to someone else. I am right there just like he is right there. Look at verse 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Notice the use of the plural that you as a branch are not some like just branch that's like just there all by yourself figuring it out. And if you've ever gotten up and close with two two like grapevines and stuff like that, muscadines, um, they're all intertwined and intertangled like all tangled together and it's really hard to figure out and discern one from another. And so God has put us in these, like, like He's clustered all these branches together in communities and churches. And what that means is that you, uh, like you're not only in Christ and He's in you and you're in full view of the vine dresser, but you're surrounded by people who are fighting the same battles. People who are also in full view of the vine dresser, people who are, who are also tied to Him, attached to Him. People are also asking for direction and guidance and wisdom. And because we're surrounded by one another, we can help each other discern. We can help each other figure out, what's God doing? What's He doing? What's He doing? It's not that it's always easy to discern. Sometimes, I mean, there's mystery to it. We see it all throughout the Bible, and all of our experiences point to that. But what a blessing that, that, that not only is he with us and we're with him, but we're all with each other as well. That there are times when it's, it's appropriate to bring your community and say, Hey, I'm, really, I'm trying to discern what God wants me to do, and I'm really struggling with it. And Dialogue helps that so much. People praying for you and encouraging you helps that. All these things fit together, and you're not just a branch. You're a group of branches whose source is all the same, whose vine dresser is all the same, who's equally capable of taking care of an individual branch and a group of branches with the same kind of precision and goodness. So who is he? He's the Holy One. (laughs) He's the vine. He's the vine dresser. Where is he? He's right there. Who are you? You're a branch You're more than a branch, but you are a branch. A clean branch. And where are you? You're in Him, and He's in you. You're in His full view, and you're in a cluster of other branches who are in the same situation, and we're doing this thing together. So do you think that picture sets us up to be able to hear Him? To be guided through life? To be led by this beautiful Savior of ours? I think it does. There have been times uh, since the South Africa trip when I kind of put this together for them and when I kind of run through that check down, those four things, before I begin to pray. And you want to talk about shift my perspective over, you know. So can we hear from God? Yes. Yes. Can, he be, can we hear Him really be specific and precise? Yes. absolutely can we learn over time to discern his voice of course is everything going to be okay yes it is this is one of the great great blessings of life in him is being led through our lives by this shepherd king who knows what's ahead and loves us wants to guide us, and is able to do that in all of our lives. And so in the weeks to come, as we like kind of progress through this, these are ideas that are going to be very important foundationally, that we know that he has set us up to be able to hear his voice. And we can do this. This is an area of your walk with him that can grow and mature, and you can be really confident uh, going forward. And so what a, what a great, I mean, how amazing is he? So I'm going to pray, we're going to, just, we're going to sing a little bit in response, uh, and I just I hope, I hope that we're filled with gratitude, we don't get into, we'll have to get into the mechanics of hearing from him right now, we can just be grateful how good he is, that's kind of what tonight is about, and I think that'll really get us ready to go into our Monday, uh, as well as the rest of the series. So let's stand together as the band comes back up, and let me pray for us. Lord God, what a what a gift to us! I mean, you didn't you didn't have to uh, you didn't have to go to such great lengths. I'm so thankful that you loved us first. That you um, you acted, and we have responded, and um, and now we're just we're we're trying to learn. We're trying to learn this life of a branch as a part of this vineyard our desire is to produce fruit but that's not our job so I pray God that you'd keep coaching us and teaching us and how to play our role that we wouldn't try and, and be the vine or the vine dresser or, or force, uh, force ourselves to have the pressure of bearing fruit but would, that we would just be everything that you want us to be and we just need your help in that and so much of that begins right where we have tonight, where we're just looking at your goodness and who you are and how you've, who you've made us and who you're making us into. I pray, God, that as we sing, you help us just to respond in, in spirit and in truth, that we would just uh, anchor into that. And God, for, for anyone who's here tonight, who's hearing all this and saying, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't know if that's me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm a clean branch or not. I'm no, I don't know if I'm a part of that vineyard. I pray God that as we sing you would you just speak to them. That you'd let them know that you uh, there's always room for more branches. And then after we sing tonight Lord that no one would leave here having questions and give people the courage to hang around talk and Sit down and ask for more explanation, but God, we just want to take a few minutes and respond to you as our, as our rock and our Redeemer. And we thank you that whatever's going on in our lives, we're asking for direction and guidance and help and wisdom and whatever, God, that you are, uh, you're not thrown off by the curveball that life can bring us sometimes. That you're steady and you're good. Thank you for the constancy of our vine and the goodness and beauty of a vine dresser. And as we sing, uh, we just lift you high.